2: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Denver Broncos. This is the Broncos Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary and Broncos Wire editor, John Heath.
3: Well, how about that, John? We spent most of last podcast kind of ripping Drew Locke for uh, being a crappy quarterback. And he turns around and probably had one of the best games of his life right (laughs) against the Panthers he was awesome in that game there's no doubt about it I am I'm here now to I'm not here to eat crow I'm not going to say that he's completely won me over but I saw a lot of things that I liked from Drew Locke in this ball game and I want to talk about it this is how we're going to start the show so what stood out to you most from the game Drew Locke had was it the no interceptions was it his ability to kind of mix the short passes with the deep throws. What did you like the most out of uh, Drew Lock's performance? He was awesome.
4: Yeah, it's really easy for me. The short passes 100%. Like those long deep balls and those long touchdowns like that's nice, but like we know he can do that. We know he can hit a streaking Hamler who's open cuz he's got so much speed down the field. Like right. we know he can do that. What I loved was the short passes cuz real early in the game he did a stupid little dump off to Phil Lindsay in the flat for a 3-yard gain. And that like little dump off in the flat made me so excited because i was like yes finally
3: it wasn't an interception either right it was a safe throw that is productive yes yes because like it's such a simple short
4: pass but like that adds up and it's been so hard for him to do that like early in the year the offensive coordinator pat Shermer he joked that drew lock has a 60 yard check down and it's like yeah that's funny and it can be exciting when it works But more often than not, it doesn't work. Like more often than not, when he runs out of the pocket, which he does all the time and tries to go for it all, go for a big play and he forces into coverage and like double triple coverage, like nine times out of 10, that's intercepted. That's why he has so many interceptions this year. And in this game, I think he was like nine of 10 behind the line of scrimmage and like five of six within like six yards beyond the line. scrimmage, like something like that. Like his numbers were real good doing like little dump offs to the running back, little like five yard out to the tight end, like a screen to the tight end. Like that's what he's been needing to do. And it just, for whatever reason, it hasn't clicked for him. And I think one guy that deserves some of the credit too, is Brett Rippon, the backup quarterback Locke said after the game that ripon has been coaching him up, preaching to him like, Hey man, when the deep shots are there open and late in the game, the, you can go for them there when they're open, but don't feel like you have to force them early in the game. You know, early in the game, just take what they give you, move the ball, get positive yards. And he apparently took that to heart because that's exactly what he did against the Panthers. And exactly like Rippon said it worked. like when you take the short stuff early, it'll open up the big stuff later and you hit it when it's open. You don't force it uh, trying to make it happen. And like, I was like, that that is so cool that Rippon is doing that. And it reminded me of, Gary Kubiak, he was John Elway's backup for a long time. I feel like Gary Kubiak, he could come in, win some games for you when you need to. And he was also kind of like a secondary quarterbacks coach. Like he would help coach up uh, John Elway. And then he went on after he was done being a quarterback. You now he went on to become a coach. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder if that's something that will be in store for ripping, uh when he's done playing. And I'm not saying that like John Elway is going to or Drew Locke will become John Elway. But it's just kind of cool to see, like, that starting quarterback, backup quarterback, coaching up the starter like that. I just think that's, like, a fun little thing. It brings back memories of Elway and Kubiak. And, yeah, like I said, like, Locke, he checked all the boxes, but it is only one game. Like, if he goes and does that against the Bills now, like, not even to that extent if he just doesn't turn the ball against the bills and has like one or two touchdowns, whatever, like if he wins against the bills and doesn't costs them the game, like he's cost them some games this season, I'm going to feel pretty good. And then the next two games after that, if he is willing to check down the ball and willing to protect the ball, like going into 2021, I'm going to feel way more confident about him than I was just last week when we talked on the podcast. Like I was just about ready to write him off. I was like, okay, we haven't seen enough. I'm ready to move on. And then he's like, okay, you know what, John, because <laughs> I'm listening to the Broncos Wire podcast. Yes. I'm going to check all those boxes. Like no, he doesn't he know who I am. He doesn't care what I think, but he definitely did. He did exactly what I wanted him to do. And it's very encouraging to see. And I just hope that he can keep it up
3: now. Yes, we, very, we do appreciate your listenership, Drew. Thank you for, uh, for hopping on and, and listening to the podcast. And join us anytime, anytime you want to come on. We, we'd love to have you. Uh, but, no, I think I think I agree with so much of what you said. First of all, I love the uh, Brett Ripett story as well. I know you wrote about that on Broncos Wire. I, I read the article. I thought that was a really cool little uh, tidbit that came out post postgame. Uh, very cool. And also, as you said, I'm not ready to go buy my Drew Locke jersey and hang it in my closet and, and do that thing yet. I mean... The Broncos beat up a Panthers team that they kind of have a college. Matt Rule kind of has a college defense that's very, very young. They have a lot of young guys on defense. So you should be able to exploit that defense a little bit. But 21 of 27, 280 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. That's good stuff. That's good. That's what I wanted to see from Drew Locke. And one of my favorite things, and you mentioned the fumble, John. The fumble led to a Panthers touchdown, so that wasn't great. But what happened? Drew Locke came back, leads Denver on a scoring drive, and then your first drive of the second half, boom, another touchdown drive. That's what you want to see. That's the response. So now got to string it together. Like you said, the Bills game's coming up. Maybe I think the Broncos are going to have a hard time beating the Bills right now, but you got to string them together, and I think that was a very, very positive sign that we saw against the Panthers, no doubt.
4: Yeah, for sure. Like like you said, like the Panthers, they're 4-8, and 4-9 now for a reason. Not a great defense. You want him to do that, but like he did do it. Like if he didn't do it, we'd be upset with him for not doing it. Like you can only play who's on the schedule. So it was it was definitely a good sign. Now he's got a much tougher tense, uh, tougher test against the Bills' tough defense. So that'll be very interesting to see on Saturday.
3: No doubt about it. So there's a lot to get to. Brandon Brandon McManus, the kicker, was roasting himself on Twitter. I want to talk about that. More injuries for the Broncos that could really hamper their chances against the Bills. I think and did a win here for the Broncos come at the expense for those hoping the Broncos would just lose games and get a good draft pick we can talk about all that we'll do it coming up next
1: fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends
2: sit up start em. these are the fantasy picks of the week it will kill me if this game ends on a tie I need this win this game's pretty much done with Corey Bonini from the huddle.com. It's week
5: 15 of the fantasy football season, and if you're listening, that likely means you have advanced in the fantasy football playoffs. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com, here to help you with some strong plays to get you into the championship round. This one may make gamers uncomfortable, but Jalen Hurts, the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles at the Arizona Cardinals, is a strong play. In the last seven weeks, five different quarterbacks have at least 22 fantasy points against Arizona, and three of those efforts were good for at least 26 fantasy points. The two bad games came from Cam Newton and Daniel Jones. Hurts, a rookie, His NFL debut as a starter last week, and he acquitted himself well enough. His major upside comes from his legs, but the game wasn't too big for him in last week's debut. That said, he's best used in two quarterback setups. Running back Jeff Wilson Jr. at the Dallas Cowboys. The 49ers may be without Raheem Mostert once again with another ankle injury. And Wilson is the likeliest place to turn for the offense that is struggling for a spark after poor quarterback play and the loss of Debo Samuel. Only Houston has allowed more rushing yards per game in 2020, and the position has scored 13 times on the ground versus Dallas. Wilson may struggle to matter without finding the end zone, so understand there is a little bit of a gamble here. Wide receiver Keelan Cole of the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore has given up four touchdowns in his past three outings, and the positional defense has been relatively soft in that time. It ranks 39% easier to exploit than the league average, and nine receivers have at least 10 PPR points against the Ravens in the last four games. Don't be scared off by the name brand of the matchup. Cole benefits from having Gardner Minshew back in the lineup, and offers utility as a wide receiver three or a flex in PPR seven. Setups. Irv Smith Jr., the Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. Prior to missing a few games of various injuries, Smith has flashed a few times, going for 10 points or more in three of the four appearances before getting hurt. He returned in week 11, only to get injured for two more weeks. Then he came back for a line of 463 1 against Tampa Bay last week. The Bears are the second weakest defense in the last five weeks at controlling tight ends, and if Kyle Rudolph sits one more time, Smith is a strong play for a touchdown in this divisional matchup. For more fantasy football news, tips, and advice, be be sure to check out thehuddle.com.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type
1: of uh, human remains that are let. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan from the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: So, John, this was kind of funny. Brandon McManus, after the game, tweeting, uh, quote, Brandon McManus sucked today. Uh, Obviously, he missed two extra points against Carolina. And then he ended up, quote, tweeting his own tweet, saying, quote, Oh, snap, I thought this was my burner account. So I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, McManus kind of giving himself some crap on Twitter. But I think the real story with McManus, other than him being kind of hilarious on social media, is that he landed on the COVID list. Uh, Now it's a close contact thing outside of the team facility. So he still has a shot to play on Saturday night. But you never want to go into a game without your kicker. That would be a bad thing. But what do you think about that whole thing of McManus after the game?
4: Yeah, I thought that was funny. That just shows you his personality. He's got a, a great sense of humor, and I like that he can poke fun at himself and he did, uh, he did bounce back in the game and made a, a kick later on after having those two misses. So uh, hopefully he'll be, uh, he'll be able to shake it off going forward. That is, if he's able to play this week. I think that uh, he needs to have five days in a row of negative tests. And I think if that happens, he would be able to play on Saturday. And so uh, Monday would be the first day. So uh, mathematically, it could happen. It's just he's just got to keep testing negative. And if if he tests positive for the virus or if, like, my math is wrong and he's not cleared before Saturday, I think there is a chance. But for whatever reason, if there's not a chance for him to play Saturday – They were smart after that game when they had to play without any quarterbacks. I think they were like, "Okay, we need to make sure we don't have this kind of thing happen again, not only at quarterback, but also at specialist. So they got a guy who played in he played in like arena football, Canadian football. He played in the XFL in the spring. He's a kicker and a punter. So they signed him to the practice squad. He can back up both McManus and Sam Martin, the punter. But yeah, he's a good kicker. So you obviously would rather have him than not. But if they don't have him, they do have a backup plan available. It's not like uh, uh, Hinton's going to have to go out there and kick for them.
3: Right. Yeah, exactly. Good one. Uh, you know, but speaking of backup plans, the Broncos were already kind of patching up that secondary and – a couple more corners go down with ACL tears, John. This is, this is getting rough. They've lost four corners to injury, actually, and they also uh, lost Boye to an ex- uh, suspension here. So this is not really a great spot to be in defensively when you're going up against a red-hot Bills team and who, yep. uh, just a quarterback who I think is a super big stud in uh, Josh Allen. I just think he's awesome. He's a superstar. Um, so what do you think about that? How how are the Broncos going to be able to patch that thing up against Josh Allen and company?
4: Yeah, they're really thin. Like you said, they, they went into last week without their top three corners. And then in the game, Duke Dawson was playing in the slot. He went down, he tore his ACL. And then later, Toliver, he went down, he also tore his ACL. So then, uh, like you said, then they're down five guys. And so on the outside now, they're left with Michael OJ Mudia and they like him. He's a high draft pick rookie. So he's not an awful guy to have on the outside. Then across from him, they have Bosby. We talked about him last week, how they were able to get him back. So their two outside cornerbacks aren't bad. Like, I think you can get along with them. The only thing is there's, like, no depth behind them now. They uh, they signed a guy off the Ravens practice squad and a guy off the 49ers practice squad. And then in the slot, uh, Bryce Callahan, he's their top slot cornerback. He's out. And then Bassey, he was their top. Top backup slot cornerback, he tore his ACL, he's out. And then Dawson was replacing Bassey. he tore his ACL. So they've gone through three slot cornerbacks. And thankfully, just last week, they brought back Will Parks. Uh, he started his career with them. Uh, he was a safety. And the Broncos wanted to re-sign him when he became a free agent this year. But he wanted to go somewhere where he had a chance to start. And he's from Philly. His uh, Twitter handle is Philly Will. So he went to the Eagles, kind of a hometown thing, hoping he could start for them, and it didn't work out. And the Eagles just cut him like two weeks ago. So last week uh, the Broncos got him back and he's a safety, but he can play slot cornerback. Like he did that a little bit when he spent the first four years of his career in Denver. So like, thank goodness he came back just in time, right after they lose three slot guys, will parks will be able to play in the slot and um, OJ mudia and Bosby will be on the outside. And I think those are three, they're three talented cornerbacks. Like, Yes, Josh Allen is a really good quarterback and I feel like he's going to definitely make plays against the Broncos defense but like it could be worse. Like for being how how many guys they've lost, the 3 that they're left with aren't bad at all. The only thing is if there's any more injuries, there's like literally nobody behind them. So They're really thin, but they can get along for now. If anything else happens, then it could be a real big disaster. So it's definitely something to watch this week.
3: How should Broncos fans feel about that big win over the Panthers? Are you happy that they won the game? Is that where we're at? Are you still holding on to hope for the playoffs? I hope not. I hope we're not still doing that thing. Let's talk about that coming up next.
2: It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire.
0: Hello, I'm Eston McLaren of Sportsbook Wire and Bet Slipping Podcast. I'm joined by my colleague Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 15 Monday Night Football game. Between the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cincinnati Bengals, the Steelers come in as 12 point favorites on the road, minus 110 odds to win by at least 13 points. Jeff, how does Cincinnati and the Bengals cover this 12 point spread at home?
4: well pittsburgh is very one-dimensional right now their running game has fallen off the cliff and even their wide receivers have been dropping balls so give me the double digits at home with a division opponent also this could be a quintessential look ahead spot for pittsburgh who's got indian cleveland coming up they've had tough games leading into this steelers
0: well coached team with mike tomwin lost two games in a row they need to get back on track no better spot to do it than against a Bengals team. They beat 36-10 to 10 in Week 10. Give me the Steelers, minus 12. They win by two scores. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains
1: that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula, available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, John, as I
3: mentioned, the Broncos move from that number ten spot in next year's draft order to the number thirteen spot with that win over the Panthers. And this is just something we have to do when when you you know you only have five wins on the season. This is this is a topic of conversation. I think. As a fan, you should be rooting for Drew Locke to string good games together, as we've, as, as we've mentioned. you got to be okay with the losses, but you got to be okay with the wins. But I think you shouldn't be holding out hope for the playoffs. I think we got to shut up about the playoffs if, over in Denver. I've been saying that for a month. That thing is not happening. So let's not do that thing. Let's root for Drew Locke. Let's hope to see the improvement because I think the number one thing right now is... Drew Locke showing flashes that he could be a franchise quarterback for you. That's what we want to see. Root for that and be okay if the Broncos get their butts kicked by the Bills, I think, this week. I think that's that's kind of where I'm at. Where are you at? Yeah, I
4: kind of agree with you. Like, you definitely want to see signs from Locke. And, like, I feel like even though it hurts your draft spot, like, you want Locke to win to close out like even if they lose this week like win the next two games after that and close out the season on a high note and go into next season be like okay he he looked good after he had his injuries after he had his rough start like he really seemed to learn some stuff in the second half of the season we finished strong so going into 2021 we feel good about him and like the difference between 13th overall or like even 14th overall and like 10 or 11 overall, like it is a difference, but I feel like it's not so much of a difference that you have to be like upset about them winning games. Like it, Wait, it, the best case scenario they could go is eight and eight. And I think that would still be like a top 15 pick. It just depends on how other teams get sorted out. So I, I don't feel like winning is going to be like uh, the end of the world as far as their draft status goes. So I, I wouldn't, if I was a fan of, watching them being like, oh man, do I want him to lose for a higher pick? I wouldn't really worry about it. Cause I don't think like if they were in contention for like a top five pick or like if like the Jets and the Jaguars, like Jaguars fans, if I was a Jags fan, I'd be like, we got to lose out and hope the Jets win one or two so we jump them for Trevor Lawrence like that kind of a thing but the Broncos aren't in that situation so I don't think it really should come into play that much
3: and one thing that's going for Denver for those that are rooting for the team to win and, and are happy when they win games and happy when Drew Locke plays well is the Broncos play really well against the AFC East they've, they're going for the AFC East sweep John which is not that's not something a lot of teams can say they've done especially when the Patriots are in their heyday but the Broncos have defeated the Patriots the Dolphins and the Jets and they have a chance to complete the sweep against the bills now they're underdogs in this game at home but it's only six and a half so what do you think is this is just like a magical thing that's happening this year are the are the broncos just destined to sweep the afc east
4: yeah that's a really good point they have played the division well i like i definitely get why they're six and a half point underdogs even playing at home like the bills the bills look like they could be one of the best teams in the afc like the bills look like the real deal yep but uh, at the same time, like, the Broncos are hot. Like, they, they've got confidence. Well, I mean, they're not that hot. They won one game. But, like, they've got confidence after last week. Drew Locke seems we've got confidence. And, like, I mentioned earlier, like, if it clicked for him and this was, like, a turning point for him, like, that could be huge. And if he if he plays well against the Bills, I, I'd like I don't think they're going to shut down Josh Allen. Like I I'm with you. I think Josh Allen is a real good quarterback and I feel like he's going to be able to make some things happen. But I do think that like they slowed down Patrick Mahomes, like they didn't shut down Patrick Mahomes, but they slowed him down. And I feel like they could do something similar to Josh Allen. And it's like, if they hold the bills to like 24 points, like can drew lock do enough to get like 27 points? Like, I don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I just feel like, I'm not ruling them out winning the game at all. I, in my official uh, game preview for Sports Weekly, I had them losing, but I'm not I'm not going to be, like, shocked if they pull it off at home coming off a win. And the, I don't think the Bills are going to take them lightly, but the Bills aren't looking at them like they – I don't think they looked at them like they looked at the Steelers. So if, if the Bills, like, let down their guard a little bit and the Broncos get up for it, like, they could upset them at home for
3: sure. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that, John. you would never count out those Broncos. Too optimistic. On, you, 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 I never learned. You, you wouldn't pick you you don't count them out against Patrick Mahomes and company either. You're you're always like, "Hey, I wouldn't be surprised." You yeah, so I I love that. You know, I love the optimism. I always do. But for me, like one thing that I think is kind of cool and I think Broncos fans should pay attention to it, like just kind of watch Josh Allen. You can really see the strides he's made this year have been remarkable. I think he really has Elevated, and it wasn't this way last year. It definitely wasn't his first year. He was terrible no. his first year. Josh yeah. Allen was statistically, you know, Locks probably put up better numbers than Josh Allen did his first year. But the jump he's made has been so incredible. And you watch him now, and he's just a freaking stud. He's a leader. And I think that's the quarterback we're hoping Drew Locke can become. Exactly. We need need him to make that jump. So I know Drew Locke's not there yet. We're hoping he can get there. And I think that's what Broncos fans should just pay attention a little bit closely to Josh Allen and the guy he's become because we're hoping, we're all hoping that Locke's that guy.
4: Yeah, I think that's a great point. There have been – plenty of uh, Broncos fans and Broncos pundits who have made a comparison saying, hey, all you guys dunking on Drew Locke, like Josh Allen once in good his first year. And I think Locke's, I think this might be his 16th game coming up. So like, he's not a rookie, but like, this is basically like his first full season. And like, it was interrupted, of course, with like injuries in the end of last season and whatever. But like, he, he hasn't had a full season yet. Next year, he'll be going into his, a uh, third season. I think this is Allen's third season. And he's really coming on now. So the hope is that Locke has a similar kind of like breakout next year. His, his second full year as a starter, his third year in the NFL, it would be awesome if he has a kind of a breakout like Josh Allen is having right now. And I think also another uh, kind of story to watch Like, I don't know how much he really thinks about it, but Josh Allen, the Broncos passed on him. They picked Bradley Chubb, Uh, two picks before the Bills pick Josh Allen and like Chubb is a very good pass rusher. He's a great pass rusher, but uh, Allen right now looks like he's going to be a very good quarterback and the Broncos could sure use a very good quarterback. Like we're hoping Locke is that guy, but there's no guarantee at this very moment, Allen looks more of a sure thing than Locke. So I don't know if he has any, any kind of a point to prove, be like, Hey, you guys pass on me, you shouldn't have done that. So it, it'll be interesting to see, like, can Chubb sack him at all and make Broncos fans glad that he's on the team, or is Allen going to light him up and will Lock struggle and everybody be like, oh, see, Elway should have drafted uh, Allen over Bradley Chubb. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So it'll be fun to see the reactions after the game of how that one turns
3: out. Well, you know, if Elway would have drafted uh, Allen, he would have blown. He, he would end up being, he would end up being terrible. Elway just has no luck with those things. So, but anyway, uh, John, hey, appreciate you. Enjoy some Saturday football, right?
2: Yeah, I will. You too.